Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view, this is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. Uh, and, of course, our co-pilot is here, Eric Eggers. He's the vice president of the Government Accountability Institute, although I can't seem to find him at the moment. Peter, Peter, I'm over here. Wait, wait, wait I didn't see you. That's right. That's exactly uh, the point. I'm practicing at my new uh, shelter to hide myself. <laughs> and who are you trying to avoid detection from? Uh, the IRS and its new army of 87,000 agents that uh, based on the new bill, it's going to lower inflation is only going to dramatically increase my taxes. Yeah, that's right. The new Inflation Reduction Act has passed the U.S. Senate. It's expected to be signed in the House and also by President Joe Biden. Uh, as Senator Bernie Sanders calls it, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, because even Bernie Sanders acknowledges this is not going to have any effect on inflation other than possibly increase it. And while Eric is worried about covering his assets, we all actually have major serious problems as it relates to this bill, because when you look at every aspect of it, and we're going to unpack it today, you find that the middle class is going to be end up carrying the bag in every particular instance. And the way I'd like to look at this today, Eric, dissect it, is looking at it not through the prism of how they package it, an inflation reduction act or tax policy, but look at it through the prism of corporate welfare or corporate socialism. No way. Another giant, big picture, big ticket item from the federal government ends up being a giveaway to um, big business yeah. and, and their key corporate partners. Yeah. And it's shocking. It's shocking. Well, I also like the fact that we're calling it the inflation. I mean, forget about what it actually does, which I'm, I think you've got a really good take on that. And I'm excited for us to talk about it. But wasn't it just like five months ago as inflation started to skyrocket and everybody's like, oh, man, how much does milk cost? How much does gas cost? And why is it that way? And like, well, remember all that money we spent on the infrastructure bill? Remember all that money we spent on all these other like stimulus? Yeah. That's why inflation is so high. So we're like, right. OK, so we're going to reduce inflation by right. spending more money. Right. Exactly. And here's literally what they did, by the way, is the aspects of this bill involving renewable energy and pharmaceutical prices were parts of previous bills that had entirely different names. <laughs> and what they did was combine them in the bill and say, what's an important topic right now? Inflation. Everybody's worried about inflation. So let's call it the Inflation Reduction Act. That's literally how they labeled it. And today, if you look at this bill and unpack it, there are three aspects we want to look at, Eric. The first one is renewable energy. A lot of people are talking about that. The second one is the pharmaceutical industry. And the third component is tax policy. Right. 
And let's just look at how the Wall Street Journal has categorized this um, or characterized this. They say the so-called Inflation Reduction Act will be one of the greatest misallocations of federal resources in American history. That's no small claim because we've got we've we've got a pretty nice track record of misallocating resources. Yeah, that's right. There's there's no shortage of that in Washington D.C. But and I think they make a very compelling case because what they basically argue is that this bill is going to transfer a a quarter of a trillion that's with a T a quarter of a trillion dollars from America's pharmaceutical industry to the renewable energy industry. Which like, you know, I know we've kind of gone back and forth about big pharma and we've talked about how big pharma's got We've been very critical of been big very pharma. critical of big pharma that you know there's the vaccine mandates, they've been very close with the Obama administration, the Biden administration, uh but it's kind of a weird time for them. They're like, guys, do you remember COVID? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. the vaccines? Yeah. How we sort of saved the day. Remember how like everybody's kind of back doing their normal thing? Right. That's, right. A, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It's, and our reward for that is a massive new tax. That's right. And look, as you said, we've been very critical of the pharmaceutical industry. There's a lot of crony capitalism involved in big pharma. They lobby aggressively. No question about it. But the other thing you can't question is that this has been a success, successful industry in part uh, because they have helped enhance and lengthen uh, American life. They spend roughly $100 billion a year in research and development. And they're looking to not only treat ailments that we face right now, but looking at solving future uh, uh, diseases, Lou Gehrig's disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, et cetera. They're spending tons of money. Uh, and so you have that one industry that is going to be a big loser in this bill. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Here's the big winner, which is the renewable energy industry. If you look at big pharma and what they've done and now compare that to new to the renewable industry energy industry, they've received some two hundred billion dollars in taxpayer funds have been poured into green energy subsidies. That's over the last 40 years. Yeah. So like historically, right? So like, okay, done pretty well. Yeah. 40 yeah. years, 200 billion. Yeah, exactly. And and of course, that's really ramped up in, in uh, recent years. Um, this bill alone will spend another 380 billion. So it's going to it's gonna more than double. It's going to be a more than 200% increase. Um, and what have we gotten from that? Well, wind and solar account for less than 7% of America's total energy production. Uh, and it's expensive to get that 7%. A University of Texas at Austin study found that the subsidies per megawatt hour of electricity is roughly 50 cents for coal, a dollar to $2 for oil and natural gas. For wind, it's 15 to $57. 50, like, so, yeah, so one to two, but then 15 right. to 50 for wind. Right. Right. And then 43 to 320 for solar. So, I mean, in other words, it's a massive subsidy as, w w as we're going to discover when you're transferring the money, which is effectively what this bill does from pharma to the uh, renewable energy industry. We're going to be paying the taxpayers and citizens going to be paying on both ends of that. Well, and think about this, too, because it wouldn't be a drill down with Peter Schwartz, podcast if we didn't talk about China. Um, but <laughs> right. and this is like, I think, my favorite part of it. And you made a great point. When we were talking about this. So. Nancy Pelosi takes this trip to Taiwan. And so as a result, China says, hey, you know, we're offended. We're going to pull out of any talks on any kind of economic cooperation. And oh, by the way, the climate change stuff, you know, how you're trying to get us to come to the table to participate in reducing our carbon footprint because we're kind of the biggest polluter. Yeah. Uh, we're out. We're out on that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. climate change conceptually big picture takes a step back this week because of China. 
and at the same time, we're now in the name of climate change, right? right. Investing $380 billion in renewable technology. And that renewable technology comes from where? China. And 80 to 90% of it comes from China. And it happens to be penalizing the industry that just developed a vaccine to help us come from a disease from China. China, exactly. So that's sort of like where we're at. Yeah, that's right. China, China, China is behind all of it. Um, and yeah, no, that's that's really important to recognize is where these subsidies are going. But let's unpack this. Let's begin with the pharmaceutical industry. What this bill essentially does is it's going to give Medicare the ability to force steep discounts on certain drugs. Of course, Medicare uh, provides a, a, a subsidy for pharmaceuticals for seniors in, in the United States. It's the biggest single by far consumer or buyer of pharmaceutical products in the United States. And you could look at that and say, well, this is a great thing, right? I mean, we don't want these pharmaceutical companies taking advantage of the federal government. We certainly don't want that. Here's the problem. Here's the rub. This bill will drastically reduce the amount of money that pharmaceutical companies get for their drugs that are being distributed through Medicare. How are they going to make up for that money? They're going to make up for that money by charging more to people like us and younger Americans who are on what? who are on private insurance, insurance, private insurance. And in fact, Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut even acknowledged this. He voted for the bill, of course. (laughs) He said, you can't untangle the private sector from the public sector. One doesn't work without the other. The point is the two are connected. So this is what's going to happen. They're going to save this money for the federal government, which is good, I guess, on pharmaceuticals. But Big Pharma is then going to offset those costs because, of course, they're spending all this money in R&D. They have all these other fixed costs that they need. uh, And they are going to push those costs onto the rest of us. Pharmaceutical prices, which have actually been flat over the last couple of years, it's only risen two and a half percent over the last several years. Um, That's going to change. So the inflation reduction bill is not going to reduce inflation. It's going to actually boost pharmaceutical prices, which have not actually been that bad of late. Well, plus it gets back to the whole corporations don't actually pay taxes, right? They pass the cost of those taxes on to the consumer. Right. And ironically, so we're in the name of inflation, what we're essentially doing is increasing medical costs for people that have private insurance, people that are working through the system. It gets back to the whole like today's problems are yesterday's solutions, right? Right. right. Um, Do you think this is actually, I mean, just as maybe the investment in green and renewable technology is also like with all the energy, uh, the, the electric vehicle subsidies, right? Like that's one of the elements in this thing. And people, okay, they're trying to get us off of these fossil fuel right. vehicles. Right. Do you think this is also a way to try to get people into government run insurance? Well, it's going to make private insurance, uh, you know, health insurance plans more expensive, right? People are going to complain about it. And then the politicians who are now causing and making the problem worse, are going to say, we have the solution, give us more power, give us more influence. So I think you're absolutely right. That is a side effect. The other side effect you're going to have is a reduction in research and development spending by pharmaceutical companies. Again, as we said, they're spending about $100 billion a year trying to tackle issues like cancer and and, and whatnot. Professor Philipson, who teaches uh, economics at the University of Chicago, has looked at the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. This is kind of a depressing point. So just if you're triggered easily, like if you struggle with depression, you might want to fast forward through this part. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, What he says is it's going to uh, uh, the price controls in this bill are going to slow research and development and lead to the reduction in the introduction of new life saving drugs. Uh, And it's going to it's going to in some 
some effect affect it for years, which is going to be hugely costly. Well, and specifically, I think what he said is that it will cost in terms of lost years of life, right? Yeah. Like, so like the, the reduction in R&D, the reduction, like medical and life-saving technology and investment, everything else. Yeah. The, the overall cost, this is one guy's estimate, 30 times the toll of COVID. Yeah. That's the that's the human toll yeah. cost uh, is going to be 30 times because pharmaceutical companies, their profits are going to go down. Uh, and again, we've been critical of big pharma in the past, but their profits going to go down because of this. They're going to spend less in R&D. They're not going to get some of those life saving drug solutions as quickly as they might have uh, previously. So do you think I mean, I'm sort of shocked at, again, the timing of this, because big pharma for all their things, they did sort of come through, right? I mean, they, you know, the, I mean, and you have to get, I think the Trump administration credit, like they invested, they sort of unleashed and empowered the pharmaceutical industry to be able to get the the vaccines to market, to be able to save us from the pandemic for those people that, that use them and allow life to return. So, but big pharma typically has had a very healthy relationship with any administration, yes. right? I mean, yeah. the Obama administration, they appointed, um, their U.S. ambassador to England was like the father of somebody that worked for Pfizer. I mean, they've had right. like close relationships. Yeah. Uh, are you surprised that Big Pharma is kind of losing this way? Or do you think it just speaks to how lustily and how close the Biden administration is with the green energy industry? Well, here's the way I think we should look at it. We should recognize that when it comes to these industries, legislation, regulations, subsidies that are passed, this is one act. Okay, so we don't know what promises mm. have been made to big pharma by this administration, by Congress. I had a I'm going to leave his, his uh, name unsaid uh -oh. Uh -oh. inside uh, info, guys. But, but I had a member of Congress uh, from Florida, a Republican, uh, tell me when I was in D.C. Uh, a few months ago, say big pharma owns this place. Yeah, is what he told. Well, that's me. what I'm sort of shocked. Right. Yeah. And this is not a guy who is prone to hyperbole. And I think that's a perception a lot of people have. My belief is. The Biden administration needed a win. They needed some kind of legislative solution. They said to pharma, you're going to have to to uh, to take it uh, on this particular <laughs> bill. But don't worry. Don't worry. We will take care of you in other areas. It's so gross. I absolutely believe that's what's going on because big pharma is kind of squealing about this and complaining about this, but not. In a real loud way. I mean, if they really wanted to squeal about it, they would have killed it. Right, right. Exactly. It's kind of like if you think about when you have a young child, yeah. like, you know, they say they're sick and they're not feeling well. You can tell when they're in pain. They're making a lot of noise. It's real. Pharma's not making a lot of noise. They're not in a lot of pain with this. This is more like the kid who doesn't want to go to school. I'm not feeling well. Mm -hmm. You know, you're kind of, you know, it's going to cause some discomfort. But the 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 bottom line is, I think big pharma is going to end up doing fine. It's going to affect the rest of us. Right. Because we're going to see the cost of pharmaceuticals go up. We're not going to see the life-saving drugs come as soon. Uh and that's really the net effect that this bill is going to have on this very successful industry, uh, the pharmaceutical industry. It's kind of like we have that line in the film that we produced, the creepy line, which, by the way, I was actually scrolling on Amazon and it said like recently added movies. And the creepy line was in the queue for recently added movies, which is surprising to me because it's been there since 2018. But either, <laughs> either way, we have a, a line in there. But when you use like Facebook and Google and the line is, uh, if you don't know what the product is, you're the product. Right. 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 And I think it's sort of a similar thing here. Like if you don't know who's complaining, then you should be complaining. That, that, because that's exactly if right. Green energy 
Energy, they're happy. If Big Pharma, they're not complaining. Well, wait a minute then. Right. So where's the money going to come from? Oh, it's going to come from us. Right. Maybe Big Pharma's real win is the fact that with all these new IRS agents, they're going to actually be going after small businesses, not <laughs> multinational corporations. That's right. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, exactly. Like, just don't keep them on us. That's right? exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So we've talked about Big Pharma. Let's talk about the second major industry in this bill, which is green energy. Uh, and what this bill does is it provides a huge number of financial incentives, uh, windfall subsidies and support for the renewable energy industry. And I think you and I are both in the same boat on this. We think energy policy, let's encourage all kinds of energy for the future. The problem is this is expensive and it gives away huge financial supports to the solar and the wind industry. And as we pointed out, when you're talking about the solar and wind industry in the United States, you're not talking about the United States. You're talking about China. 80 to 90 percent of the solar technologies and wind technologies that are going to be purchased as part of this program are coming from China. So the big winner here is Beijing. Um, and and add on top of that, and by theoretical the way, green energy kind of like libs, right? I mean, because that's the point. We've talked about this before. A lot of this technology like, is not viable. So we're sort of right. investing in a dream right. that has yet to prove out. And as you pointed out in Throw Them All Out, because this is the second piece of it, uh, when company when the members of Congress they're giving money away to these green energy companies who happen to have inside relationships with at that time of the Obama administration. Yeah. Like our track record is terrible. It is. It's it's filled with crony capitalism because the only way that the renewable energy industry can can generate a profit is with these very very generous subsidies. So they need politicians basically in their pocket, which means the politically connected ones are the ones that always win. So that's the first problem with this bill. The second problem with this bill is we have high gas prices right now. Uh, why do we have high gas prices? We have high gas prices in part because the ability to refine energy in the United States is limited and restricted because we haven't built a new refinery in the United States since the late 1970s when Jimmy Carter was president. Uh, and the added problem is the refining capacity we have to refine, you know, petroleum products and convert them to gasoline. Some of that refining capacity has been reduced. Why? Because we've created incentives. I mean, we're at 97%, I think, refinery capacity nationally. Right, right. And part of that's because the, some of the existing refineries are realizing because of where the Biden administration is putting financial incentives, they're converting to get away from oil that's refinery right. and they're getting into some of this sort of fledgling like carbon capture uh, and other green energy or renewable energy industries. Yeah, they're going from uh, refineries that produce gasoline and diesel fuel that will lower prices for most of us. They're going into biodiesel. Oh my gosh. Why are they going into biodiesel? diesel precisely because of this bill and other subsidies that exist. So it's uh, it's been said that over the last couple of years, we've lost more than a million uh, barrels a day of refining capacity in the United States that's been converted to green energy. This is only going to accelerate that. It's only going to accelerate it because there is more money to be made from taking these government handouts from this bill than there is from actually refining the petroleum products in the medium and long term. So this what, bill is a disaster. It's not going to do anything to solve the problem in inflation. And it's going to be a big handout to China as far as renewable energy is concerned. What do they say? If you want less of something, tax it. If you want more of something, subsidize it. That's exactly what right. they are taxing gas. I mean, at a time when we have 
bad inflation and high gas prices. This new bill includes a 16.4 cents per barrel tax on crude oil, part of a six and a half billion dollar larger tax on natural gas. So, I mean, I don't see this improving gas prices at the pump anytime soon. Right. And yet, what were we told, Eric, about this bill? Nobody under $400,000 was going to be taxed. That's actually not true, right? I mean, there's a series of taxes that are being imposed on people, obviously, that earn a lot less than that, but also it's going to be imposed on corporations. When you tax a corporation, what do they do? Say, oh, we're just going to eat that? No, they're going to pass the costs on to the rest of us. But it's a pretty impressive list. It's a pretty impressive list. 15% minimum tax on large corporations, right? So which, as you noted, at, so that's everybody paying more money with those large corporations pay stuff off or pass it down. But then, and you know, President Joe Biden pledged as part of his, hey, we need to invest more in the IRS. I mean, it's been a pretty great time from a tax. (laughs) We haven't heard a whisper from the IRS. No one's complaining about this, right? right? It's like the old Twitter meme. No one. Right. No one. Joe Biden. We needed more IRS agents. Like, where did this idea come from? Right. So, but he had pledged that, uh, you know, hey, man, nobody's going to have to pay more uh, taxes on households making under $400,000 a year, right? It's going to lower costs for families. Well, now with this $80 billion for 87,000 new IRS agents, which, oh, by the way, that's actually the amount of money we just passed to give in addition to the IRS is more than the budget of 45 states. So that's how much more money we're giving the IRS, right? like all the problems we have in the country, and that's who we're choosing to invest in. But um, an analysis that's published in the New York Post says that actually 78 to 90 percent of the estimated additional money the IRS is going to get is going to come from businesses making less than $200,000 annually. So the IRS is basically, it's like, you know, when there's like Memorial Day weekend. So police officers, they have these, hey man, we got to get some tickets, right? So they're going to, we're going to issue some tickets. Well, the IRS is basically in Memorial Day ticket mode. (laughs) They need (laughs) to collect an an estimated $200 billion annually, I think, is what they're trying to get. And they're saying that only four to nine percent of it's going to come from people making more than five hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. So the rest of it's going to come from these small businesses, the same people that Joe Biden said they wouldn't be raising taxes on. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, here's the reality. Whenever they say in Washington, D.C., we're going to go after the billionaires, we're going to go after the fat cats. You know, fine. You can say that. And oh, by the, the way, if they did, right, I mean, there's Robert Reich said that if you collected all unpaid federal income taxes from the richest 1%, you would get $1.75 trillion over a decade. So there's some money to get if you can get it. Right. And But the problem is, is some of the money is in legitimate tax shelters right. uh, that the government has set up because they need money. So if you think about tax-free bonds, municipal bonds that you can collect interest on tax-free, you could put a billion dollars into tax-free bonds, and you're going to generate, you know, what, maybe $50 million a year tax-free. You can't go ahead and now say we're going to tax that because they're going to just take the money out of municipal bonds. I mean, it's like a shell game. The money gets moved around and there simply aren't enough people making huge gobs of money to put a major dent you know, we're talking about spending, you know, six, seven hundred billion dollars. Right. Um, how many billionaires are there in the United States? Seven hundred and eighty nine, which which sort of helps explain the fact. So, like, the point is, if we're increasing IRS enforcement by definition. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's only seven hundred eighty nine billionaires to go after. So but we're hiring 80,000 new agents. And so 70, and they're not going after billionaires. No, man. Seventy five percent of IRS audits in twenty twenty one were going after Americans making under $200,000 a year. Yeah. So you're okay. Yeah. But 
<laughs> well, and here's why they do that, by the way. What they're looking for is they're looking for cash businesses, right? right? They're looking for people that don't get um, uh, 1099s, mm-hmm. that don't get income statements. They're looking for a mom and pop shop that is a cash business. They go after them because they think that's where the tax money is. But the bottom line is when it comes to taxes, uh, this is this is going to be a huge tax on people. We're en- going to end up paying for it. We're going to have greater IRS scrutiny. When corporations get taxed, they're going to pass those you know, costs on to us. Uh, the bottom line is there's really nothing in this bill for the middle class in the United States. In fact, uh, they actually try to add an amendment to the Manchin bill that would have limited the 87,000 IRS new agents scope saying you guys can only go after people that make more than $400,000 a year. Oh, that's a good idea. It's a great idea. I love that idea. Um, No, it did not pass. In fact, it failed 50-50 because it failed to generate even one Democrat vote of support. Yikes. So not to turn it into like a partisan thing, but I think that's, I mean, and obviously there's a lot of parliamentary games and there's other stuff. I'm sure they have their reasons because they think that, no, we're all united. If one person starts going for this thing, the other people start going for other things. And then Bernie Sanders is going to ruin it all. (laughs) But, but, But it is interesting that they could have dramatically limited the scope. And I think that's just that their admission that no, the money that they're trying to collect is not going to come from the people making over $400,000 a year. It's going to come from everybody. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, things have not changed in Washington, D.C. You're getting the same thing. They are mislabeling and misidentifying what they're doing. This is not going to uh, lead to a reduction of inflation. They're hiding what they're doing. They're hiding their intentions uh, in terms of who they're going to raise taxes on. And they're picking winners and losers. They're going after the pharmaceutical industry. I'm sure they'll help them out later on to make up for it. Uh, And they are then going to benefit the renewable energy industry. And in all All three baskets, tax policy, energy policy, and the cost of medicines for average Americans, we are all going to end up footing the bill. We just had an excellent idea as just as a close from super producer Ethan. He said we should have added an amendment. We didn't, but we should have on the tax policy that said the new agents have to audit all elected officials and their families first. <laughs> That's a be great idea, Ethan. That would be a great idea. And, and watch those stock trades too, by the way. <laughs> that would be a great thing to do. Well, uh, you've spent uh, more time with us here on uh, The Drill Down. We're very glad that you did. We appreciate your comments and your input always. You can find our podcasts and our news stories at thedrilldown.com. Eric, thanks so much. Uh, I think this is a bill that's probably going to pass, be signed by the president, but uh, let's hope that we can at least try to amend it or change it down the way. Well, the bad news is this will be the last podcast we do in the same room because from now on, I'll be living in the Cayman Islands. (laughs) Yeah, people with your income do absolutely need (laughs) these kinds of tax shelters. I wish I did. At any rate, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it.